Welcome to Water Treatment Experts by Antunas. This is the one stop for solving all your common residential water treatment needs. You have a water problem? We can solve it. Access to clean and clear water at home is easier than you think. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Antunas Water Experts, your Antunas podcast on all things water treatment and water wellness. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to listen to previous episodes, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just look up Antunas Water Experts for upcoming and previous episodes. Hit that subscribe button. You can also leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. And I also encourage you to head to our main website, Antunas.com. Again, Antunas.com for all things Antunas. So on our podcast, we plan to talk water from all angles. That's water as it has to do with health, as it has to do with water treatment, and as it has to do with industries connected to safer water consumption. On today's episode, we're getting back to the basics, and we're really breaking down the key reasons why water is critical for overall health, weight management, and fitness, as well as where we often fall short in our water consumption, and why the quality of the water is so critical for water consumption and health and wellness. So for insights, we're joined today by Susan Witz, lifestyle health coach with Advocate Aurora Health. Susan is a registered and licensed dietitian and nutritionist, a certified yoga and meditation teacher, and a certified intrinsic health coach. Susan, so great to have you on. How are you doing today? Wonderful, Daniel. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here and talk about a subject that's uh, dear to my heart and dear to everyone's health. Absolutely. It's definitely one that applies to quite literally everyone. So we've got a, a wide audience here to get this podcast in front of, and I'm looking forward to unpacking your thoughts on this critical subject. So uh, I want to start a little lighter. Since you're a lifestyle health coach, I feel like we need to open with one of the hottest lifestyle health tips on your radar right now. So if you could uh, let us know what's new or back in conversation that you're all about and uh, why is it on your radar? Well, one of my favorite quotes is, like real estate, location, 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 my motto is hydration, hydration, hydration. And water plays an important role in so many aspects of our life. And I think the newest association that I've seen where the research has come out is the relationship on hydration to cognition. And I think everybody of any age wants to stay really sharp and focused. And it appears that the lower our level of hydration, the poorer our focus in cognition. And we may not feel thirsty, and the brain doesn't send a signal always, but it's really important to stay hydrated, to stay sharp. And so that's a little new, and they particularly research this in the area of older people who are most vulnerable to various dementias and to dehydration. So for them, it plays a particularly important role. But, you know, for all of us in the summer heat that's happening right now, clean, healthy water and enough of it is important for every aspect of our day. All right, Susan, thanks so much for that. That's going to be some exclusive tip content here on Antunas Water Experts. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the main core conversation here. So, again, this topic seems simple. 
the idea of drinking enough water and staying hydrated. It's uh, something that we hear from the very beginning. Uh, you know, it's part of our elementary education and the basics of health and wellness as we start to take care of ourselves. But clearly, we need to be having a more focused conversation on what it really means to stay hydrated and how water consumption and uh, healthy water consumption plays into overall health and wellness. So let's just start from a basic level beyond literally needing it to live <laughs> at its most substantial and uh, core function. How critical is water consumption for basic health and fitness beyond uh, obviously the core you need it to live? Yes, our level of hydration, kind and amount of water that we have affects everything and it's related to our mental focus, as I said, and also when we exercise, it's crucial that we're well hydrated, especially if you're a competitive athlete. Uh, even being 1 or 2% dehydrated can diminish your ability to participate in sports or complete a marathon. Uh, and in very, very hot weather, it can be actually dangerous to be out there, particularly with humidity, and not meeting your water needs. It's important to manage blood pressure, to prevent kidney stones. Many, many areas of our health are affected by our hydration level. When we're ill, we need definitely a higher amount of water to prevent bladder infections, really important. And every time you're adding fiber to your diet, and that's such an important ingredient in health, you have to remember to have extra water because with all that fiber, you need to hydrate the water. So you have, let's say, smoothage instead of roughage. So that's important. And sometimes people tell me often, I don't like water. You know, I just don't like it. So I think that finding ways to enjoy water that has a clean, fresh taste to it is important. And trying to have your liquids without a lot of unhealthy ingredients. I'm thinking of all the doctored coffees and teas with so much cream and sugar. There is high water volume there, but it's not the healthiest version. If you have a higher protein diet, a higher salt diet, you definitely also need more water to excrete the byproducts of protein metabolism. And it seems that one or two cups of coffee a day, just fine. But if you're dosing on caffeinated beverages frequently, then you probably need to compensate with a little extra water. In terms of alcohol, those who drink frequently, alcohol acts as a diuretic. So you can become easily dehydrated on a hot summer day or evening and not realize it. So increasing water when you're out socially would be important. Uh, alternating a uh, glass of wine with a glass of water is always helpful. Uh, on top of all of that, um, could you connect the dots for us on some of the ways that low water consumption dominoes into other health or fitness issues uh, that are very common in the United States or just as part of uh, the global health population. And we'll dig in a little deeper into some demographics and um, different scenarios where water consumption comes into play in a little bit. But connect those dots for us. How does low water consumption domino into some other common health or fitness issues? It definitely dominoes in terms of blood pressure management 
because the fluid content is lower, the heart has to pump harder. It can create a higher heart rate and more stress or pressure on the body. It also can impact ulcers and various digestive problems when there's a low consumption of water and acid content is high in the gut. And it's hard to digest our food properly uh, because it's all digested in the medium of water. It can lead to chronic constipation, uh, low water, and perhaps um, various forms of GI tract disturbances. So that would be important. Uh, and it can lead to fainting and falls in the elderly, just simply being dehydrated. And we know that a fall for someone who's older can have a significant impact on their life. And who would think that something as simple as a few extra glasses of water could make a difference? It's even been mentioned that people who have arthritic conditions or degeneration of the disc and the spine, that water is a key component of those discs. And sometimes our back pain can become exaggerated when we're poorly hydrated. So it lubricates the joints, spaces between the bones and the back and in that regard it's really important if we have a fever we need to hydrate our water needs are higher and often we are overeating when in fact we're thirsty so not recognizing thirst signals can actually lead to overeating because your body is going to seek out water however it can and so perhaps it's the, the water in, in bread or crackers even. You think you're hungry, but you're really thirsty. Okay, now that's really interesting. What uh, seems to, I think, often confuse people is how to even understand those signals in the first place. How do you know, okay, well, I feel hungry, I want to munch or snack, but you're saying that potentially that could just be, hey, you're dehydrated, you don't need to necessarily be eating more food, you could just be having a glass of water or so, and uh, that would quench said need to eat. How do you begin to uh, learn some of those signals for yourself? What are the tells and the signs, and um, how do you not overthink it, basically? Sure. Well, for one thing, you can go by urine color, and it should be a quite a pale yellow. Anything as it gets progressively darker, even if you don't feel thirsty, shows your body is thirsty, even if you don't feel that. You can also uh, weigh yourself before and act after a workout, and you can see how much water is actually lost, and you'll know how much you need to rehydrate. You may not recognize that. Thirst is often a signal, but for many people, particularly older, thirst is not as predominant. Loss of concentration, fatigue, headache, a flushing sensation, skin dryness, where your skin looks just dry, your lips are dry, your mouth is dry. Um, and then you can lead to actual fainting, irregular heart rates. This is when uh, dehydration is very far along. So we actually need, women need anywhere from 9 to 12 cups a day, and I'll clarify that in a minute, and men maybe 12 to 15. And you may be thinking, well, I thought we were supposed to get 6 to 8. 
but that includes all the water of the day and that includes the water from foods. So many people may not realize that you can get your water from lettuce and celery and tomatoes and broccoli. Milk is 90% water. Orange juice about 88 and even carrots. Apparently solid carrot sticks are 88% water. So when we think of fluid needs we're thinking of from everything we take in, all beverages, such as milk or juice, all glasses of various kinds of waters, and high water content foods. In fact, the only food that has no water is pure fat, like olive oil. As healthy as it is, it doesn't have any water content. Yeah, I think those are the main ways that we can recognize thirst. And I would suggest in terms of even for weight management or water management to automatically drink one to two glasses of water when you wake up, a glass of water before a snack, one to two glasses before a meal, and the same for afternoon or evening, and maybe have water by your bedside in case you wake up thirsty or it reminds you to drink something when you first get up, even before your coffee. So would you say the main issue uh, that you're seeing right now is people just living in a perpetual state of dehydration and not really knowing it? And if, if that's what you're communicating here, why do you think that's happening in the first place? Um, I think that sometimes people are too busy to drink water. It's not readily available. And they're drinking other kinds of beverages. And some of them may be more of a having a diuretic effect, such as excess caffeine or excess alcohol. And then uh, juices with a high sugar content can cause a rapid excretion too, getting rid of all that simple sugar. So maybe choosing the wrong beverages as opposed to not enough fluids, perhaps too many of the unhelpful kinds. And some, I've said they're too busy to drink water, they don't like water. And maybe they've stopped drinking soft drinks and, and juices have too many calories. And they may be left with just a low fluid intake. I don't know the percentage of people who maybe are walking around dehydrated. But I can encourage people that it's really important to look into that and to leave yourself little notes, sticky notes or notes on the computer to drink water. And for those who don't like water, you got the best kinds of water. You can make your own flavored water or a really nice, clean-tasting filtered water is good. And some people like to sip through a straw. They don't like downing glasses of water. So I think having water easily available in safe containers at your desk, in your car, so that it's very easy to have water when you need it and not wait till you get somewhere and then forget about it. Do you see uh, those attitudes or general behavioral uh, commonalities, I guess, differ at all between uh, different demographics, socioeconomic statuses, different groups you know, within the U.S. or outside? I mean, is this something that's affecting the whole global population, or do you see this you know, impacting certain groups differently uh, and because of different 
uh, initial causes? Well, I know it's very easy to drink a lot of highly sugared beverages. They're often given away as a bonus at fast food places where you can, you know, all you can drink. They're included with a meal. And, um, and I think if you're used to high sugar beverages, then plain water would be uh, almost, almost boring. So I'm thinking that there are areas, especially when good filtration and water is expensive, people will drink pop or juice because that's that's what's available or that's what they're used to drinking. So economics, you know, the, the money budget situation can definitely play a role in what beverages are consumed. And I think that as people are more educated about the dangers of high sugar consumption and high pop drinking, they're more inclined to make better choices. So I think education level can also play a role in what beverages are consumed. And I know when I traveled in India many years ago, there was no clean water really available, nothing you could trust. And I'm going pretty far back, but I found myself drinking orange pop or something like that just because that's all there was. And my stomach was certainly not accommodated to local water, so that was the safest thing you can have. Or maybe a beer, but it was difficult. So I think in many areas of the world, there are some that still don't have clean water. And we're very fortunate that we have a lot of filtration systems. We can filter out bacteria and, you know, harmful chemicals. And I think that that's important, too, that our water is not only healthy, but that it's safe. I know uh, we briefly mentioned some of the domino effects of low water consumption on health and fitness. Um, Didn't follow up there on another subject that I want to go ahead and loop in now, and that's uh, the impact of low water intake on productivity, attitude, energy in today's workplace. Uh, Do you see low water consumption impact some of the ways that we interface at work, how we work, um, the quality of our work? And uh, if so, what are some of the tips you have around that? I do. And clients that I've worked with, when I've encouraged a higher water consumption and to have water more readily available, put a squeeze of lemon or lime or even a bit of juice or something to make it more appealing, and to have it available, people seem to be more refreshed and better focused. Sometimes they don't realize when, if you work in a a place where the air is dry and recirculated, there's no humidity content in there. And the brain uses water and sugar too, It's, it's fuel. And I think there's definitely decreased brain activity and mood changes. You can become fatigued and irritable and get very headachy and not really be able to name, well, what could be causing this? You know, I don't have a known problem. Uh, so I think enhancing water intake, even on an experimental basis, can't hurt. You know, that along with some mindfulness practice is uh, is important to to take mindful water breaks throughout the day. Put the reminders on your phone. Have the water bottle with you. And drink water before, during, and after any physical activity, particularly in the hot, humid weather. 
and I would even uh, consider purchasing a home filter unit or even an all home filter unit so that you can bottle your own water and that way you can save the environment by avoiding the use of plastics and you can have safe water bottles and there are you can always look online they have evaluations of the safest water bottles to get in terms of linings and leaching from the container into the water and that way you have clean safe filtered water for all uses and I know people may think of water as they drink but I also encourage them to look at the water they use in cooking and food preparation and that way they kind of make their own water they can flavor it as they like leave out the harmful things put in the healthy things save a lot of money save their health and save the environment so I always encourage people make water your favorite beverage love it easy simple advice now to link all of this to water quality uh, when you are talking to your clients or the folks you're consulting uh, and you are giving them these tips on water consumption and how it intersects with health wellness fitness work productivity. When does water cleanliness get brought into the conversation and how does water cleanliness impact all the other factors that we've been discussing about water consumption today? Well, it has a tremendous impact and we can see in less developed areas of the world the extraordinary downside, downside to not having access to safe water. So there are many bacteria, viruses, parasites that can live in, in unclean waters depending where you are it's not so prevalent here but when sewage and various things gets into our water supply it can be tricky depending on where you live we know of recent issues with lead in the water in uh, other areas in the country and what a powerful impact that had on kids and development and when water is contaminated for children at a very young age it can prove to be permanently damaging. So removing lead, arsenic, excess fluoride, there are certain uh, chemicals that can be quite damaging to human health over the long haul. So I definitely talk about that, encourage the use of uh, filters of some kind of checking into the water source, getting it tested. And I think that depends on where people live and where their water supply originates. But sometimes with deregulation, we don't really know. So the safest thing is to evaluate the water coming out of our own tap, the water that we drink or bathe with and use for cooking. So I think it's, it's primary. Uh, but then establishing that, which fortunately for many people in our part of the world is uh, we can have a lot of confidence and then it becomes more drinking, actually drinking the water and making it as enjoyable as possible. But safety is always first. So obviously there are some structural um, dynamics that play into the quality of your water uh, from the quality of your uh, municipal water department to, you know, if you're getting water at your office, what the quality of that water is there, to the quality of your water uh, coming out of the tap at home, uh, or the quality of the water that you're purchasing, if that's bottled, 
uh, or otherwise. Uh, what are some ways that individuals can have a little more agency over the quality of their water? In some cases, uh, there really is not much you can do. Uh, you know, we look at the most extreme examples of failing infrastructure here in the United States that affects the quality of water. No one individual can really do much against that. But beyond that, uh, what are some ways that individuals can be monitoring or taking into account the cleanliness of the water that they're consuming so that when they are uh, bringing more water into their dietary lifestyle, they're making sure that it's safe? Well, I think if people must drink bottled water, if that's their particular option. There is constant evaluation by Consumer Reports and other organizations as to the quality of the water in those bottles and the composition of the bottles because some of the plastics can leak into the water. And if, say, bottled water is left in a very hot car for periods of time, some of those particles, the microplastics, can enter the water. And so thinking that you're drinking some clean, wonderful water over time, that may not be the case. So I think those evaluations are always changing, and you can go online and evaluate how the different waters being produced today stack up against each other, and also the, uh, the bottle itself. So there are safe containers if you have your own filter at home, uh, and you bottle your own, there are brands uh, that are out there. I think one of them is Swell or Clean Canteen or Contigo. There are brand names where you can be sure that your container is either stainless steel or any plastic that's involved is uh, non-leakable into your water. You could also have a water evaluation and see sometimes tap water is as clean or cleaner than some bottled waters because there's not a whole lot of regulation on those. I just think taking a look and trying to evaluate the water source and where you are, and then taking it from there as to whether there's something you can do uh, to modify that yourself, or do you need to continue to buy product? And we have so many plastics in the environment now that are creating a real problem. That anything we can do to avoid that is worth an extra step. All right, Susan, that about wraps up our call today. For our last bit of information here to close out the podcast, I want to just open it up to some tips that you've given over the years for maintaining a healthy, waterful lifestyle. Uh, so if you had to sum up some of what we've been talking about today down to the importance of cleanliness, frequency, and general dietary approach to water consumption, what would those tips be and how should people begin to integrate those into their day-to-day -day lives? Well, there's that, uh, that voting uh, slogan, vote, vote early and vote often. So right. I would say, <laughs> right, right, right. I would say drink. drink early, drink often. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's the big tip. And I would have a bigger tip. Water is your most important nutrient because we can't live without it for more than a few days. I'm not saying vitamins, minerals, everything else, not important, but you know, after air, it's water. We can live for weeks, literally, if we had no food, if we had water. But without water, we don't get too far. And you wanna make sure that that's your, your primary thought for the day, is what kind of water am I gonna have? When will I have it? And I would put the reminders 
You know, we're only motivated when we feel something is important. And I don't know how many of us wake up thinking, now water is my most important nutrient today. So if I can change your thinking on that, because once something is important and valued, you're going you're gonna to take action, right? So this is not just so much about information. It, I would love to provide information that leads to transformation. You take these tips, have your water source with you, have it on your desk, have water frequently throughout the day, flavor it with a lemon or a lime, make it palatable, have safe containers, and if you're losing weight, water is your best friend. And other beverages can compensate with tea or coffees, but avoid the added ingredients. Probably the biggest thing people could do is cut out sugary soft drinks and switch to water or a flavored water. And my biggest tip again is make water your favorite beverage. All right, Susan Witz, thank you so much for joining us on Antunas Water Experts. Again, we've been chatting with Susan Witz, a lifestyle health coach with Advocate Aurora Health. And again, Susan is a registered licensed dietitian and nutritionist, certified yoga and meditation teacher, and certified intrinsic health coach. Susan, if folks want to find out a little bit more about the work you do and potentially get in touch with you personally, what are some uh, emails, websites, or social medias we can point them to? You could point them to my advocate email, which I can provide. And that would be Susan.Witz, W-I-T-Z, at A-A-H.org, AdvocateAuroraHealth.org. And I'll be happy to answer questions and research it if I don't have an immediate answer. Thanks so much. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. All right, Susan, thanks again for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Antunas Water Experts. If you want to find out a little bit more about Antunas, you can head to our website, antunas.com. And if you want to listen to previous or upcoming episodes of Antunas Water Experts, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you're listening to that podcast content. Make sure you're leaving a rating and a comment as well. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.